the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow. It's your host, and it's great to be with you today on this Friday, April 29th, 2022. And today is Open Line Friday. That means we will talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. You can give me a call right now and join the conversation, maybe even start the conversation, 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to the show, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, join the conversation. We like this on Open Line Friday. Now, I'm the host. I got stuff to talk about that I'll bring to the table, and we'll continue that conversation. But if you've got some insight on something going on in the world, a question that you want to ask, maybe you've got a Bible question. Maybe you have a personal issue going on. Maybe there's something in the news that you feel like we ought to talk about. Hey, let's let's talk about that. Bring it to the table. Maybe you want to argue about, you know, the best way to load a dishwasher or something like that. I was in an online conversation a while ago about that. I thought that's the most ridiculous topic in the world. I'm going to click on that. And you would not believe how great that conversation was. It was hilarious and it went in all kinds of different directions. And uh, so give me a call. What's on your mind? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Of course, there's a lot in the news today. We have the Disinformation Governance Board. We'll probably get around to that. There's a new gas tax in California that it looks like we're going to have to pay. <laughs> now, they're also going to give us a, a gas a gas refund, I guess. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. You know, I guess the gas prices aren't quite high enough, but we'll we'll get to that. You know, I've been thinking about the uh, the dishwasher thing in a way because I am a bachelor this week. My wife is in Atlanta at a uh, ladies' event, and uh, so I'm taking care of the kids, and I'm taking care of the puppy, and it's just me. And I have made arrangements. I need to take that back. My wife has made arrangements. I had nothing to do with it. She's made arrangements for the kids, you know, to be picked up from school, since I can't really do that right now when they're getting out. Uh, I assume she's made those arrangements. They're probably at somebody's house, you know, or they're just going to walk down the street to the Starbucks and I'll find them. No, no, I know where they are. (laughs) I'm not that kind of dad, but uh, there's some arrangements for the kids and all of that. And I've been making arrangements to not be home as much as possible. Just a busy week. I work all day, so I'm usually not home anyway. And my kids are in school and then they go to a friend's house where they're, they're doing their homework, which is great. But by the time I get home with them, it's pretty much bedtime. And so that's been the case. And what I don't understand is how is it that all week I have hardly been home at all and the house is completely destroyed? How do I do that? I don't understand it. I do not understand it. And, I'm, and I don't understand why I just noticed it today. There's a pile of towels in the hallway that I recognize now has been there a day or two. And one of them is definitely soiled with something. I don't know if the puppy, our our puppy's name is Winston. I don't know if Winston made a mess and the kids cleaned it up. I don't know if the kids made a mess and cleaned it up. I don't remember making a mess. I have no idea how this happened, but what what bothers me is why do I just sort of, uh, why have I just figured this out? And there's, I've tried to use paper plates. 
I have tried to do different things because I just have a knack somehow for uh, making the house messy. And I don't want to leave it that way for my wife, who Christy, who is a wonderful woman, and I want her to feel great when she gets home. She'll be tired. She'll be jet-lagged coming across the country, and she gets home late Saturday. And I do not want her to walk into the house to some uh, fiasco. And let me tell you something. It is a fiasco. There's stuff out all over the place. I, and we haven't even been there. I don't get it. Do you do this? Is this a guy thing? Or do ladies do this when they're home? Uh, what's the story? Uh, anyway, that's going on in, in my life. So I am. if you've got any advice, you can call me up and give me some advice on that, too. 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. It's open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever's on your mind. So give me a call, anything at all, 888-528-2557. So I am going to have to spend a good part of tomorrow cleaning the house. And it occurs to me that I have to also make sure it smells good. I don't notice that it smells bad, but my wife will immediately notice. Uh, if it does, if there is some, uh, she will say to me, this is what my wife says. She will say, hmm, there seems to be an odiferous quality in this house. Uh, and that's her way of saying something stinks, man. Well, you didn't clean it up. And I probably won't know what that is. I won't notice it. So we have we have a whole house fan. Do you know what those things are? It's a great thing to have in Southern California. They're not expensive. We didn't install it. It came with the house. But you you flip a switch, and there's this vent on top of your house, and it takes all the air in the house and just sucks it out through the vent and sends it outside. And then what it does is it sucks the outside air into the house. So you can sort of change what is going on in the house. And it's great when the weather uh, changes or when it's really hot, especially we don't have, uh, our house does not hold, uh, the temperature. Well, if we turn on the AC, it'll work and it'll cool down the house. But the moment it clicks off, it's hundred degrees in the house again, 10 minutes later, you know, the windows, we don't have sealed windows that, uh, some of you are fortunate to have. So when the, when the wind blows strongly, it'll blow right through our house, even if the windows are shut. And when it's cold out, the opposite's true. It'll just instantly freeze in the house. So you turn on the whole house fan and it will take the cold inside air or the hot inside air. It'll get really hot during the summer and send it outside and bring in the cool evening air or morning air. It's great. It also takes care of smells. If there's, if I burn something in the kitchen or something, then it will get rid of that. It's a, it's a great thing to have. I love it. So I'm going to run that tomorrow, probably for a while uh, before we go pick her up. We also have one of those air freshener things. It's some kind of a diffuser. It's this little round thing and you press a button and steam starts coming out of it, sort of like, you know, it's some kind of uh, humidifier is what it looks like. That kind of, uh, I guess it's called a diffuser or something. I was running it the other day because I thought, oh, I'm going to make the house smell nice for my wife. And uh, she comes home and she goes, what's this? And I said, oh, I'm running that. So the house smells better. And she said, well, you're not doing anything. There's no, you didn't put any oil in it. It's just blowing steam. And I said, oh, <laughs> I have no idea how this thing works. I, I don't get it. And so apparently in the house is some sort of oil or something I'm supposed to put in it somewhere that will make it smell nice. See, I'm just a mess. I, so I'm going to have to help this out. Anyway, these are the things that are on my mind as I head into the weekend. Uh, personally, just to let you in the door a little bit. And uh, we'll figure them out, me and the boys, uh, tomorrow. We can vacuum. We know how to do that. We're pretty good in the kitchen. Uh, making sure everything's clean. We'll make it. We'll make it work out. All right. Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. What you got going on? Lots of things in the news. And I'll get your calls here in just a second. It's open line Friday here on SoCal Live, 888-528-2557. Anything you want to talk about. Uh, And you can give me some house cleaning advice if you'd like. 
or we'll talk about the news. So one of the big stories in the news uh, right now is the uh, Ministry of Truth that has been started in Washington, D.C. It's called the Disinformation Governance Board. And, uh, you know, we we do have to talk about that uh, at some point. And uh, I see your calls on here. I might get to them before we get to that subject uh, it is open line Friday. You can change you can change the subject if you want to uh, with us. But you know, one of the questions when we think about this, we can talk about the politics of it. You know, but how do you how do you discern what is true when you get information either in the politics or maybe you get information from your workplace or something you know a club that you belong to or your church or you went to your homeowners meeting at your your apartment complex or your condo units. Uh, do you ever go to those? That's an experience. We, gotta, we could have a show about that and we'd cry. Um, how do you determine what is actually uh, true? Um, that's something else that we can talk about this hour. And we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in Washington and why it's controversial. It's controversial because who is the bureaucrat who's going to determine what's true and what you're allowed to think or not think or read or not read it gets complicated because there is a lot of misinformation out there, and it comes from the right or left. Everybody's guilty. Um, but there's a lot of things out there that people say is disinformation, and it turns out to be true. So maybe we'll get to that in a minute. You can call and share your opinion, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday, Mark El Segundo. Welcome to SoCal Live. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Pastor Scott. How you doing? I'm doing great. What's on your mind today, Mark? Well, I have an interesting story. Uh, I did uh, over 20 years in the Air Force, and and I've um, been a Christian man my whole life. And I was at uh, Scottsdale Bible in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I met a fighter pilot, and he told me he had just got shipped over there, and he told me that um, he was really bummed out because he uh, was at a church that had dances, um, and they were like every other Saturday, and he said there there's like 400 women in ballroom gowns. So I, I was at a, at a church dance. At a church dance, and so I I uh, when I, I I got shipped out a couple months later to March, where I retired out of. So the first thing I did is I went to the church in Corona, and um, I walked in in my suit on a Saturday night, and there was there was 400 women in ballroom gowns. It was and unbelievable. Was this like and, a singles uh, group or something? Uh, they were having their own uh, prom. Well, it's a it's a singles. They had a singles group there. This was about 2004. Um, they would have dances every other Saturday at uh, Crossroads Church in Corona, and uh, then the night before they had dance instructors that would come in for free and and you know after the Bible study, the singles Bible study, they would teach you how to dance. Uh-huh. For that next next night, and they had different themes. Well, they did this for twelve years. They even asked me to to kind of help out. And, and was this a dollars? Uh, was this like a uh, you know an event? Invite your friends. We're going to teach you how to ballroom dance or do the tango or break dance. Yeah, yeah. Or what was it? Exactly. Was, you know. It was a church singles group, and and um, they six hundred people would show up, and they'd make they'd make six grand that night for the church, which was really smart. And huh. we had the largest dance floor. Uh, we'd take all the seats out of the out of one of the conference halls and then set up tables and well and set up the dance floor. So, so what are you question, thinking about? Yeah, question, yeah, I have a question for you. Um, they used to there used to be 
really large singles groups in uh, around you know Southern California. Uh, mm-hmm. I go to the sixth largest church in America, and they don't even have a singles group. Yeah, um, I'm a single man. I'm 61, and um, the uh, EV Free had one. Uh, yep. Crossroads Harvest had one. Mariners had one. Uh, you know, and now they don't have any. And so, did something happen or something uh, for them? I'm not like trying to put you on the spot yeah. or anything. No, no, that's okay. I'm I just can... curious. Yeah, all right. Interesting, interesting question, Mark. Did you say you're 61? Yes. Okay. All right, Mark. Yeah, I'll, let me answer that. Uh, I used to be, I started out in ministry, actually, as a young adult pastor. We called it the career ministry, which was the way of saying young singles. And you didn't really want to call it the singles group. Singles group usually means people who are older um, and uh, career, you know, in it, when everybody's younger, you know, everybody's 24, 25, most people are single anyway. So single group doesn't really differentiate it from any other group of people at that age. And uh, so we called it career group, which was funny because people would send me their resumes like I was their career counselor or something, and uh, I'd have to get them a job. And, uh, you know, I'd look at their resume and I'd say, uh, yeah, you have no hope. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, I would. I'd try to help them get jobs. And it got pretty big, the group I was in. And at the time, our church, I was at a big church, and they had a college group. It had a post-college group, which was the career group. And then for a time, it even had a 30s singles group, and it had a 40s-plus singles group. And it was pretty significant. And there were lots of different singles groups around the country. I actually, the first conference I ever spoke at was a single adult ministry conference. I was one of the breakout speakers at that. And it was huge. I don't think they do that anymore, or it's not as big I think the reason it's not there is is there's many reasons. One of them is that church has changed a lot. And for younger singles especially, there's a lot of when there was sort of the Gen X church movement or the postmodern church movement in the early 2000s, a lot of younger singles groups were replaced by those churches, basically. So there's a lot of churches where everybody's kind of young. And, uh, you know, if you're certain age, you know what churches to go to where you find the single people. And if you want to date somebody, it's not a bad idea to go to church. I don't know that they're having ballroom dancing and stuff. I think that part of the the thing is for churches maybe that we're doing things like that is that there's plenty of other options now that isn't the church. Uh, And there used to be, the church was it for different kinds of events and things like that for singles. So that's, that's some of it. Um, and the the way church is done, the way people deal with singleness is different. And I think there's just been a, a cultural change. And, you know, I think if you want to, you know, one of them was the, is the online dating. That radically changed singleness. It's radically changed it in the church. I would say more than half of the people that I have counseled to be married in the past 15 years, more than half, they met online. And they used to lie about it. They used to have a cover story. They didn't want to say they met online through eHarmony or one of those, and they had some other thing. And then they'd give me that story, and then I'd say, okay, now when you met at that restaurant, did you meet at that restaurant because you arranged through eHarmony to get there? And they'd say, yes, and be kind of embarrassed. Now nobody is. That's kind of what people do, and there's some good dating apps, and there's some terrible, you know, really sinful ones out there, meaning that they're really more about uh, having sex rather than having a relationship. That's changed. I think that the online dating and the change in the the type of church service that's available, different times of day, different things, I think that has radically changed singleness in the church over the past uh, 20 years. 
and that might be what you're noticing. And at, at 61, you know, I would try to find uh, a local group. I know some people, they go to a uh, square dancing group, and that's where they meet people. And they love it. They have a great time. Uh, I'm a Baptist minister, you know, so I'm not sure that I can even talk about dancing. But uh, we'll, we'll keep that issue to the side uh, at the moment. Thanks, Mark, for your call. It's an interesting call. I think it probably does affect a lot of people um, who are who are listening, and I would encourage people. You know, um, first of all, you you race after Christ if you want to be if you want to be married. You keep following Christ, and you pursue Christ, and then you look over to your right or your left, and you see who's pursuing Christ with you, and you say hello, and you get to know that person. And if they keep pursuing Christ, and you keep getting running closer and closer together, eventually you're going to have a good relationship. If they're not pursuing Christ, you should not pursue them. Open line Friday, anything you want, you can call us here on SoCal Live, 888-528-2557. Leah from Bellflower, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, good afternoon. I'm, I just want to say you have cracking up about the housekeeping. I'm over here <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'm cracking up, picking my daughter up. from. I need um, some help. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for showing that you're human. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. What, right. How can you help me? How can you help me, Leah? One room at a time. Um, I have a tendency to start picking up something in this room and throwing it over here in this corner. Oh. And then I turn around, I got a mess over here. So literally one room or one area at a time. And don't don't move any place else until you get that area cleaned up. I at, think that's great advice. Just as you were telling me that, I was thinking, you know, I probably do that. I pick up a glass or something from one room, and then I walk through another one, and I set it down. And I don't notice that I do that. Uh, Leah, thank you. That is, that's excellent advice. And uh, see, we learn all kinds of things. Sometimes you can just help the host, you know, strengthen his marriage. 888-528-2557 is the number. SoCal Live today, open line Friday. We got lots of issues in the news. Maybe you've got some questions about the Bible or church or something going on in your life. I started off this segment by talking about my wife being out of town and how I've destroyed the house. So I think, Leah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my two boys when, tomorrow at some point before, oh, I don't know, because I was, I was about to say we'll do it in the morning and then we'll have time for uh, James has a basketball game and then we'll have time, we'll play some video games or something. But then, it, then I just realized, then I have the rest of Saturday to mess up the house again. So sometime tomorrow evening, she comes in late. So we'll, before, after dinner, we will go room by room and pick up the house, the three of us, me and my boys, James and John. We will pick up the house, and we will close all the doors once we have finished a room. That's excellent advice. We will vacuum it. We will clean it. We will pick up the stuff, take it all. We'll do the kitchen last so that all the loose cups and whatever ends up in the kitchen. Excellent advice. Thank you, Leah. I am definitely doing that uh, tomorrow. You're listening to Southern California Live. It's Open Line Friday. Anything that's on your mind, you can give a call. And in a couple of moments, we'll get back to the issue of truth and how do we discern truth. When we look at some things going on in our, our government, one of the conversations today is the Disinformation Governance Board. That's It snuck in. I don't know if you watch the um, – if, <laughs> if you have watched the, uh, the, the hearing with the DHX – DHS, Department of Homeland Security Secretary, he kind of snuck in at another question about disinformation, and he, it was talking about disinformation, and it was about COVID and other things and politics and how that does get out there. And there's a, there's a threat that exists that's real that we don't seem to want to talk about where 
the Russians or other people have been putting misinformation on our social media and to try to stir us up, to try to divide us. This is a real issue. We just we just tend to go along with it. I think it's working, to be honest with you. I think that they have uh, been successful at that. So the Department of Homeland Security does have a role to play, probably, in defending the United States from outside sources trying to influence our elections or just even influence us against each other. And we know that that's happening. That has been lost in a lot of the discussion out there. So we'll talk about that. But where the conversation has gone to is, well, wait a minute, you've made, you've suddenly created a ministry of truth where you're going to talk about what's true or false related to to COVID or elections or other things. And uh, people, I think, are rightly upset about it. And so we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. It is Open Line Friday, so anything you'd like to talk about, we will change the subject and get to your conversation. But I'd like to hear what you think about this. How do you discern truth? Not just with the news, that might be a direction you want to go, but even in your own life, at your workplace, where you go to school, maybe in your church, you know, um, where, how do you discern whether something you believe, something you feel passionately about is actually true. 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS is the number. And uh, so when we get back from the break, we will talk about that. So I want you to hold on through the break. Something else I want you to do and keep in mind is that the Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast is coming up in Los Angeles on May 12, 2022. It's at the Hyatt Regency of Orange County. 8.30 a.m. doors open, 9 a.m. events start. You can go to kkla.com and register now. This is for pastors, church leaders, church administration, church staff, and in the L.A. area one. It's also for first responders, so police officers, fire department workers, um, ambulance drivers, you know, paramedics, anybody who's a first responder. We'd love to have you come, and the purpose of this is to say thank you. To let you know that you're seen, we at KKLA, we understand the hard work that you do, and you're not appreciated a lot for it. We're going to give you a free breakfast. we got a great speaker, Pastor Alan Jackson, who we'll have on the show next week, and uh, it's a good time. Go to kkla.com to sign up for that right now. If you're in the San Diego area, go to kprz.com and click on the Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast link for the San Diego event, which is on Wednesday, May 11th. The Orange County date, uh, also for Los Angeles, is Thursday, May 12th. This is the Southern California Live program for Friday, April 29th. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Scott Furrow with you. SoCal Live. Good to be with you on this fabulous Friday afternoon. I hope that you've got some good plans for this weekend with your family or friends, getting some things done maybe taking a little break, whatever it is that you've got going on, you can call and join us today. It's Open Line Friday. So we will change the topic just for your topic, something that you want to talk about, something on your mind. It can be something in the news, something that's a follow-up from this week, something we've talked about on our show, something that is personal to you, whatever it is, 888-528-2557, Bible questions, something about faith, anything at all, 888-528-2557. This is your opportunity to uh, change the subject and talk about what you want to talk about. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about because I'm the host. Before the break, we started talking about truth and really asking the question, how do you how do you figure out what's true? And I'll give you some context for this, particularly where you might feel really passionate about something, but then maybe you feel you hear something different or something that doesn't really fit with what you think is true. Sometimes this happens in our Bible study, right? You, you believe 
that uh, the Bible says something and then you find out it really doesn't. You know, God will never give you anything you can't handle. We all, we comfort ourselves with that, but the Bible does not say that. It says that God will never, you know, there's no sin that you can't flee from, uh, that you have the Lord's help from that. But life, salvation is something you can't handle. A lot of us are going through things we can't handle alone. That's why we have the presence of God with us. That's our hope with God. We should be with God. And sometimes people get surprised whenever we find out something's not really there or it's not exactly the way maybe we thought. It's one of the good reasons for reading your Bible. Maybe there's different things in your workplace or things on the news going on. How do you know what's true? In a world where there is a lot of disinformation, where there is a lot of political spin, where we really have a hard time calling something a lie if it's kind of partially, kind of sort of from a certain point of view, true. 888-528-2557. So the Department of Homeland Security has started, apparently, and this just came out kind of accidentally almost in a hearing yesterday, a disinformation governance board. And um, the interesting thing was yesterday, Jen Psaki was asked about it at the White House, and she didn't seem to know about it. Uh, Play clip number one. Maybe, uh, hold on, clip number one. We have that ready? Department of uh, Homeland Security is setting up a disinformation governance board to tackle misinformation ahead of the midterms. Secretary Mayorkas said that part of its um, intention was to tackle misinformation in Hispanic communities especially. Can you give us an idea of what this board is going to be doing, what their authority would look like? Sure, Jackie. I really haven't dug into this exactly. I mean, we, of course, support this effort, but let me see if I can get more specifics. We know that there has been a range of disinfo out there about a range of topics. I mean, including COVID, for example, and also elections and eligibility. But I will I will check and see if there's more specifics. You know, a great thing about, you know, White House press secretaries, whoever they are, and when you when you see them and they, and they peel back all the politics in the left and right, you know, they have to think on their feet. And sometimes they are not in the know. Sometimes they have no idea. And the interesting thing is Jen Psaki didn't know. Apparently, and I believe that's just my opinion. I guess a lot of people are saying that I tend to agree. She didn't look like somebody who knew about it. She's usually very well prepared. She's got binders of information up there. She didn't seem to know there was a disinformation governance board. And she was asked about uh, the person leading it. And she didn't have any information about that. And she changed her mind today. Today, she had all this information about it. But it sent out some outrage. This is Congressman Jim Jordan uh, questioning the head of Department of Homeland Security yesterday, play clip two. Yesterday, you announced the formation of Disinformation Governance Board at DHS. You put out a bulletin two months ago, big fancy bulletin here, red, white, and blue. You said that misleading narratives, mis-dis and malinformation, MDM as you call it, misleading narratives undermine the trust in government. I was just wondering, uh, when the head of the CDC, Ms. Walensky, said that the vaccinated can't get the virus, did that undermine trust in government? When the highest paid official in our government, the smartest man on the planet, Dr. Fauci, when he said the virus didn't come from a lab, did that undermine trust in government? How about this one? How about when 51 former intel officials told us that the Hunter Biden story was had all the earmarks of Russian misinformation? Will that be something that this governance board that you just formed, will you be looking into that? Uh, uh, Congressman, um, the disinformation board uh, addresses a disinformation that imperils the safety Um, uh, and security uh, of our homeland. And one of the primary areas that we are focused on 
is the dissemination of disinformation and its potential connection. That's not what your bulletin talked uh, about. The gentleman's time. COVID. So you can see where they're getting uh, uh, heated. It's because what was stated is that this is designed in part to deal with the, the Russian disinformation that they have tried to um, influence our elections and influence us against ourselves, which they have. And which is true. We're just kind of ignoring that. That's, as a country, we ought to be rallying around the fact that our enemies are trying to divide us. And they are somewhat successful, I think, at doing that. Let me tell you why this is important. And if you are, you know, this is something I don't understand about politicians sometimes, is that maybe today, if you are on the right, and you didn't vote for President Biden, um, you are saying, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have this disinformation governance board. And they're going to, they're gonna, you know, not give us freedom of speech. And you're right to think that, I think. But if you're on the left, what you this is what I don't understand about the politics, is that if you're on the left and you're not too sure what to think about this because your side, you did vote for President Biden and you trust uh, your side a little bit more. The thing is I don't get is that in a couple of years, the other side might be in there. There's a, there's a chance that Donald Trump will be president again. Is it too early to mention that? But that's possible. Or Ron DeSantis or somebody else who maybe you're not going to like. What happens if Donald Trump becomes president again in 2024? And he he now is going to be in charge of the Disinformation Governance Board. And, you know, how would you feel about that? It's, this is a it's a huge deal. You know, with, what if Donald Trump puts Donald Jr. in charge of the Disinformation Governance Board? You know, I mean, that, that's possible. It is. The strangest thing, the same is, same is true with issues of court expansion or filibuster. One side gets rid of it, but then they suffer whenever the parties change power and they wish they had it later. And I just don't understand why we will, we will tear something down for our own benefit politically for short-term gain only to give the other side of the aisle uh, the power to do the same thing whenever they take over, which is happening a lot more often. Um, how do you deal with truth? Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, what this is and kind of its implications here in a minute. Um, 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to call in to us here at SoCal Live. It is Open Line Friday, so I will take a pause from this subject and change the subject as you call in. It gives us an opportunity for for listeners to say, hey, here's what I want to talk about. So we'll continue with this, and, and if you want to call and and describe, what do you do personally to try to determine what is accurate if there seems to be some kind of conflict in information? 888-528-2557. Let's go to Rick in Ontario. Rick is going to change the subject a little bit. Uh, Rick, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Rick. Are you with us? All right, Rick, I'm going to put you on hold and uh, see if we still got you. Maybe you were uh, gone. And we'll come back to you in just a minute. The number is 888-528-2557 is the number. Okay, so back to the Ministry of Truth. Um, Ministry of Truth is from the book 1984. Have you ever read that book? I just got it again. I got an audio version. I'm going to listen to it again. It's been a long time since I've gone through that book, really. And in that, they have a Ministry of Truth. And a big part of it is to... Um, in that book, Big Brother, of course, is the government who wants to control everything and wants to be the thought police. And the Ministry of Truth um, does that. And so that's the the analogy people are making with the Disinformation Governance Board, is that this is an organization that wants to control the narrative or control, what they'll say is they want to control what's actually true. And there is a lot of disinformation out there. 
left and right. There's all kinds of things people say and put out there on social media that's not true. But what we've also seen, what the Jim Jordan clip showed us a few minutes ago, is that there's a lot of stuff that at one point somebody said wasn't true and it turned out to actually be true. A lot of COVID stuff, a lot of stuff in the campaign, one of the big issues right now that's that's huge. One of the reasons that the Twitter thing is still in the news and why it matters that Elon Musk uh, joined is because there are people on Twitter who were taken off of Twitter and penalized by Twitter for saying things that Twitter said was disinformation, but it turned out later to be true, and not just individuals, newspapers. So the New York Post last year before the, or 2020 before the election, ran a story about Hunter Biden's laptop, and they all said it was disinformation, it was just more Russia stuff, and they actually banned that story from all of Twitter. Well, now today, that laptop turns out the story is true. Now, not everything everybody says. We don't know that. So I'm not going there. You know, that'll be adjudicated in time. But, but what is true is that the laptop did belong to Hunter Biden. Washington Post, New York Times, all the networks have agreed that that is true. And it seems like a crazy story, right? Some guy at a pawn shop has this laptop full of all kinds of incriminating evidence, potentially, from the president's son. Maybe it implicates the president. Maybe not. That's crazy uh, that that is that that laptop is true. I understand why people would have said at first, nah, that can't be true because it sounds like a bad movie, but it's true. And uh, we don't know what it really says. We don't know that for sure that Biden is the big guy or that he's implicated. All, you know, there's a lot of stuff that will get adjudicated, but we know that there are, there are um, prosecutorial things going on right now for real. Well, the thing is, is that that was banned probably for political reasons and former CIA officials, multiple government officials came out and said it was just fake Russian disinformation right before an election. Do we really want a government entity that can decide something is not true when then later it turns out to actually be very true and potentially incredibly relevant to the security of our country? That's why this is really a big deal. All right, this is Open Line Friday. I'm asking the question based on that. How do you understand truth? How do you discern whether something, maybe somebody sends you a political email or something going on in your office? How do you determine what's true and not just gossip, not just something that somebody's trying to manipulate you? We live in a world where we have to deal with that all the time. I think as Christians, we have to ask God to help us discern because as best as possible, we need to be the truth tellers everywhere that God put us even if that truth doesn't support a political position or even a theological point of view that we have, we need to speak the truth because we're representatives of Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with truth? It's Open Line Friday. You can call about anything else you want. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We'll be right back with that subject. And we got Rick back on the line for his subject right when we get back from the break. This is the Friday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live for a Friday. Scott Furrow with you. Open line Friday. We'll talk about what you would like to talk about. 888-528-2557 is the phone number. 888-528-2557. We've got Rick back in Ontario. Rick, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, thank you. I, uh, you can, you've got a hold of me now? Yep, we got you. How you doing, Rick? Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, I was uh, wondering, out of 61, I hate to change the subject, but before I get censored, 
out of all these murder clinics, 61 million babies being aborted. Mm-hmm. I don't hear any men coming up to the plate. And it ruined my life for maybe, I'm 70. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, what happened? What happened in your life? Did you uh, lose a child to abortion? In my, in my 20s, I was uh, a part of an abortion. I told personally, I don't think I have any swimmers, but I'm um, 71. And I've had, I've never got over it. Mm. Yeah. You know, Rick, uh, part of, I think, what you're getting at is something that is um, very real and not talked about. And this subject is so um, divisive and painful, and it has moved, uh, you know, over time. You know, it might be even a little better today, actually, in some respects, but it has moved so far away from the reality of of child loss and what it means. And for, for men, there's a lot of men who are uh, feeling what you feel, and I'm real sorry about that, uh, Rick. And uh, Rick, uh, you're 71 now, is that right? I would like to say that it's like a scar, and it just never goes away. Yeah. And some of these men ought to start repenting and say, you know what? And yeah. they won't be able to leave it. it. It will haunt them because that's a very, very bad thing that's going on. Yeah. And How long ago did this happen to you? Me on like that. How long ago did this I happen? It happened uh, maybe 50 years ago. I'm 71 now. Okay, so 50 years ago. It was in my 20s. Yeah. And uh, it was so nonchalant. It was the 70s. It was a Jesus mm-hmm. movement, so-called. A superstar. It was actually freedom of sex, and uh, it was just nothing to it. Oh, let's just do this and do that, and it left us going for life. Yeah, I, yeah. I've always felt bad, yeah. but I just thought I'd share that. And if some of these men feel like that, tell them they got to unload. They got to tell the Lord what's going on. You're right. They do. And, uh, you know, Rick, thank you for telling your story. It's important. And you're right that we don't hear from people uh, very often. Um, you know, I'm just going to pray for Rick real quick, okay, everybody? Hey, God, uh, we're just hearing Rick's story, and he's been carrying around this pain for 50 years. We pray, Lord, that he would be able to cast that upon you today, that his, he'd put his trust in you, his trust in you for his faith, for his grieving, for his unborn child. Uh, in your hands, God, we pray that for him and for other men and women who are grieving this because they were told something else or they made a, a pressured decision because of something they, they felt scared about or something they felt nonchalant about or maybe they thought they didn't have any other choice. God, we pray that we would be a people who can be compassionate and truthful about this issue, especially as it's going to be a big one this year. We thank you, Lord, for Rick. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see, Open Line Friday. You know, one of the reasons we do it is we want to hear, you know, what's going on. He makes a great point about uh, the men who are involved who really have no say whatsoever, and that's pretty much the the law. Um, and back in the, you know, the 70s, the attitude was a, a lot different, um, partly because of the, the free sex movement and other things going on, but the science was also different. One of the reasons that I think, and I think this year, this summer, I think the Supremes are going to reject Roe versus Wade. 
Now, as I say that, I think they're going to uphold a Mississippi law that other states now have passed similar laws um, that will restrict abortions after 15 weeks. Now, that's, that is not going to restrict most of the abortions in the country. Most happen before 15 weeks. Okay, Oklahoma just passed one that's six weeks, and that would affect most abortions in the world or in the country. Um, but I think they will dismantle Roe versus Wade. And it needs, just for, even for legal reasons, it's a decision that doesn't really make a lot of sense today because science has changed. The trimester system that that instituted uh, doesn't really work anymore. And uh, there's just a whole lot of information that has changed. People's hearts have changed also on this. And the reason is uh, sonograms and the ability that we have now to actually look at the child in the womb. I'll never forget the first time I saw a, uh, it a sonogram. I feel like there's another, another term I'm forgetting right now that we, we do, uh, where you can see the baby and the heartbeat and all that. I didn't expect to see James's heartbeat uh, at six or seven weeks, I think is when we had that done. And I was just instantly moved to see what clearly is a, a baby and he has a heartbeat. And I was just angered at our callousness about this. And I've worked with a lot of people who are in crisis pregnancies who feel like there's nowhere else to go. I mean, maybe one of the answers for men, and we can talk about this, it's a good subject. Well, we're for sure going to be talking about this this summer. I think it's going to be a big, big deal when that happens, is not only that we speak out about men and fatherhood and what that means, but also as men, maybe we need to do a lot more to help keep women out of the situation where they feel like they have no choice. Now, some people are just cavalier and it's birth control, but lots of abortions happen because people are scared and there isn't help uh, or it doesn't appear to be help. You know, they don't know where to go. There's a lot that we can do. And I think what's going to happen is the Supremes are going to get, get rid of Roe versus Wade, but it's not going to outlaw abortion in the country. It's going to make it different state to state. And in California, where we live, as we are learning this week with some of what's going on in Sacramento, we're going to be more pro-abortion than ever in California whenever this happens. I think that there's a sense out there that this law is going to change. California is going to be abortion central in the United States um, if the Supreme Court does that. So that's a conversation that uh, we should have. And, and you and men, you know, we need to, with confidence and with grace, and a spiritual gentleness, but boldness, we need to be able to speak the truth. That's been some of what we're, we're talking about here in this hour, a little bit of the misinformation and uh, the government's attempt to control thought about different subjects. Um, is the government going to have the ability to control what we think about abortion? Not just whether or not we do it, but will they have the ability to control what kind of science is allowable to share with people? That's why the uh, disinformation governing board is such a frightening thing, that the government can control what we think or what we're allowed to communicate about all kinds of subjects that may not fit the political narrative, going right or left, whichever direction those in charge might have. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557 is the number, and we are doing Open Line Friday. Let me get to Jim in Los Angeles. Jim, welcome to SoCal Live. Yes, yeah, good afternoon. I'm thinking you have uh, so many things that uh, people need to be talking about. Yesterday you had uh, a subject about people uh, having a hard time praying, and I'm thinking that, you know, you can make it easy on yourself. Most people go through drive throughs 
Maybe if they could carry their Bible while they're waiting for their food in the driveway, they could just read a verse. You know, you don't have yeah. to really struggle with too much. Don't overthink it. It's just like, you know, take a verse at a time, and that's right. the way they can get committed to it. Right. Yesterday yeah, we were talking about... Yesterday we were talking about uh, Bible reading and how that's declined according to a recent survey in the United States. And so Jim is talking about how we have time. Uh, you probably have the Bible on your smartphone or you can have it. So you might always have the Bible with you uh, in your downtime. And just, uh, I just want to interrupt there, Jim, because I wanted the people to know where you're coming from. So go ahead, Jim. we got about 30 seconds for okay. your... Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other thing is uh, you all have uh, seen that little boy that, uh, you know, set on fire, six years old. And uh, those are the things that we need to be praying for. Say, this uh, bullying should stop, and uh, you know we got to hold our leaders accountable for that. So I know you're going to a break, so I'm not going to take too much of your time. But let the world be praying for everybody in the world, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's uh, some other third world country, whether it's uh, our students, our teachers, the vaccinations, whatever it is, the politicians, just pray yeah. for everybody. That's we need it. to pray. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your call. Um, and he's referring to a story of, it's a terrible story, a boy six years old who suffered third-degree burns after a, another bully set him on fire. It's happened in Connecticut uh, recently. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really awful, an awful, awful thing. And he's right, we need to pray. And, you know, we, we've become somebody who just, you know, or a, a culture that is tossing prayer out the window we need to see prayer as something we do as warriors, not as people who are passive, but we need to see prayer as something where you are taking charge and there are actions you need to do, but prayer is an action. If you really believe in God, if you really believe in the movement of God and the Holy Spirit, then prayer is action and you need to pray that way. You can plead with God. Read the Psalms, read the prayers that David prays to to the Lord. Pray that way. Write your own Psalms to God. Let me tell you something. God God answers those prayers. It's really amazing. All right, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. When we get back, we're going to continue Open Line Friday, and we'll continue talking about different subjects in the news, but you can call up and any subject you want, Bible questions, something in the news, question about life, what is on your mind? How can we help you spiritually? How can we help you uh, in your walk with Jesus? How can we help you understand maybe what's going on or maybe uh, hopefully not confuse you even further? But well, we're going to do a good best job we can uh, to help you, to help encourage you today as we head into a weekend here. It's the Friday edition of Southern California Live. The phone number to call and join the conversation is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I want to remind you, go to KKLA.com to check on our events, Pastor Appreciation Event, Mother's Day Event for Single Moms coming up. Check it out, KKLA.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.